Welcome to Invest Stories, a podcast about real stories, real estate, and taking real action. Join hosts John Cooper and Kyle Robertson as they talk investing, mindset, and taking that first step. We all have a story. What's yours? The Invest Stories Podcast. Oh, no. Booyah. Oh, I can froze. see you. Can you? Oh, there you are. Can you see me? I, I was always able to hear you. Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, now you're blank. It said we can't access your video. Booyah. Let's try that again. Booyah! Welcome to the Investories podcast. Co-host, with me, Kyle Robertson. Also with me... Ah, uh, man. We're getting into that, that time of year. You, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're kind of all over the place, the family, so... Yeah. Yeah, and... Vacation. Yeah, I was, but uh, we've been back for a little while, and uh, we're actually starting to build our house. Finally, um, actually, we haven't started putting up walls yet, but we got uh, we got the shop done. We got the the well being drilled tomorrow. I've uh, been doing some dirt work stuff out there, so yeah, man, we're getting so close. This has felt like a dream that's been so far off for a long time. It's just the weirdest thing to have it here. So that's been so pretty cool. much consuming mine and my wife's time, um, and that along with a couple of other businesses that require a lot of time. So, yeah, yeah. So you're we building just, a house. We're just going to keep on going like that didn't happen. Nice. <laughs> okay. Someone's going to edit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking we're probably going to have walls cool. coming up here within the, as long as building permits get back. We got about three weeks. So, and then. Uh, Oh, and oh, you're not in California, so actually California, you really? can build what you want, as long as there's 50 Yeah, units. true story. Got, yeah, we got the same issues here in Oregon, places. except that here in Wait, Oregon, there's mostly like project housing going up, lots of government-funded housing that's happening, and I mean, it's everywhere, everywhere, and uh, I haven't oh, seen a whole lot of private investors. I've seen a few, but they're usually pretty small, usually like 10 to 20 units. Everything large-scale is, has been, pro- is, I keep calling it project housing, but it's they call it low-income, migrant worker and uh, elderly housing is what they call it, but they're, it's built with tax credits. Really super confusing process, but yeah, okay. we've got a handful of those coming up. You know, it's really not. I was going to um, say, is that an investment? You, you can't invest in it. You know, it's built exclusively with, I mean, there, there is a, there's a, you know, this is a long conversation, so I won't get into it, but usually the person that becomes the developer is the one that is really the only one that can make money on this, unless you own other property beside it, mm-hmm. and then you can use all those funds to build this big apartment complex for your property next door, like your hookups and your road and all that kind of stuff. So there is a game there. Yeah. It's, it's my buddy is a developer that does this stuff and, and I'm learning. He would be a great person to have on. Yeah. He'd, oh, he'd be able to explain a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I know. Right. Yeah. See if, if only we knew one. someone who knew him. <laughs> so today we've got Kyle Root, who is, um, He's he's kind of going great guns in the Wisconsin area and Green Bay. Um, he's he's kind of got that foresight that we all wish we had when we were in our twenties um, to to kind of start figuring out and strategizing and building the life he wants. And um, part of that journey is is investing and in real estate. Uh, super interesting conversation. There's a lot we dig into mindset a lot and um, also kind of tactics on what he's doing and what he's done previously and how he's adjusting for the market. So there's a ton, um, kind of one of those ones we always say now and again, yeah. you know, and back, it might be other than having a great name. He, uh, he, he's, 
he's making some pretty interesting and I, I love the guy's mind. I love the way that the guy thinks him and I think uh, similarly, maybe that's why, <laughs> but I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's looking at the market differently than a lot of people are. It's not doom and gloom for him. You know, he knows he's, he's a realist. He understands that, you know, there's some market shifts that are going on. And so his business plan has to change a little bit, but he's, he's doing that in a smart way. And, uh, just his story from the beginning, you know, he, he started like a lot of people started small, started with one, and he had some good some good uh, suggestions for for new people, you know, just not jumping into these gigantic deals. He's he's doing he specializes in one to four units, and he's built systems around that, and he's done a really great job at it. If you like our podcast, why not give us a, a glowing five star review? <laughs> if you don't like it, stick with it. You'll like it. That was really good. <laughs> there's my there's my elevator pitch, Kyle. Awesome. And uh, without further ado, here's the other Kyle. Welcome to Investories, Kyle Root. Hey, Kyle. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Another Kyle. This is going to get confusing. And Kyle R doesn't work either. Yeah, we should come up with nicknames. I mean, I guess he could be... Do you have a nickname, K1, Kyle? I could be K2. You know, I don't know. That's not cool enough, is it? K1, K2. It's, it's a mountain. Uh, it is a mountain. My, uh, my middle initial is J... So you can call me KJ, I suppose. KJ. Hang, hang on, Kyle Robertson. Why does Kyle Root get the nickname? Why should, it should be Dang you, it. right? I was hoping, come on. I'm the guest. I'm You're the guest, guest. yeah. All the more reason why you should get to use your <laughs> real name. So. Exactly. <laughs> oh. That's funny. That's funny. Hey, Kyle Root, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the podcast. It's super excited to have you on. Um, so you, your background is kind of finding real estate super young in your life um, through college and then really kind of building into um, a portfolio and, and, and helping people do the same and helping people, people coach. Um, I guess my first question, we always start with the why or, or kind of what was the, the trigger to get you into to real estate and into that world. Um, but why so young? Is there kind of a particular reason or a, a part of that journey that you can explain? Yeah, man. So really, I, I think my why, and we'll, we'll kind of see as we get going here, but I think for many people, it develops, right? It develops, it changes as you go through years of life. Uh, the reason why you do what you do changes. And for me, um, A, I wasn't a good student. Um, so I went to college, wasn't a great student, was kind of your, your classic jock, if you will. Um, I don't know what I was thinking. I played like D2 football. And so I was like, you know, I wasn't going to the NFL. There wasn't like crazy big dreams happening there, but, um, yeah, just didn't get good grades and, um, really didn't apply myself. And, and I, you know, I was always working for someone else and it just, things just weren't clicking, you know? And, um, I started, even in college, I would buy phones and try flipping phones. So like I'd buy them on eBay or I'd buy them from friends. If the, 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 the screen was cracked, I'd fix them and then sell them um, on eBay. And luckily that wasn't a very lucrative business for me. So I uh, realized my margins were small and my volume would have to be great. So um, anyways, that kind of got things going, right? I, I started like figuring out what the business, entrepreneurship, things like that. And all the books I was reading and everything that I was doing kept leading back to real estate. And I, you know, started finding people like, uh, like Grant Cardone and, and Brandon Turner and certain people that, um, you know, made it, made it seem like a small guy could do something great. And I, from where I come from is, uh, Michigan. So a small town in Michigan, 
And uh, yeah, I ended up graduating college at 24 years old, uh, went and did the kind of corporate America, worked as a project manager for a construction company. And really just things weren't, again, weren't clicking. I was good. I was, make, I was making good money. I was making six figures, and, and, but I was traveling a lot, traveling a lot. And, uh, you know, we'll probably get deep into it, but for a while I was gathering so much information and researching kind of the analysis paralysis, if you will, just spending too much time in the information gathering phase, if you will. Um, and then, yeah, around 26, I bought my first rental and it's kind of the light bulb switch, you know, went on at that point and just started going. So really my why at that point was just to leave my W2 job. And, and out of curiosity, so during the construction management uh, portion of your life, the W2 portion of your life there, were you kind of zeroing in on the real estate space at that point? Or was this more of just a job for you? Is, or is, was that kind of the, the first push in the direction of real estate? Yeah, that was... Um, Kind of when the, the when I started as a project manager, that was the first time I could actually wrap my head around actually doing it. But in college, um, I did a lot of research on um, on real estate, so like the nugget was there, but it was never like we could actually do this. Like we could, I could actually fund a deal. I can like it was just the nugget was there. So once I became a project manager and started working in the construction field and bought that first one, was like, hey, you know, there's something here, and we can, you know. Small town kid, like we can do this. So, uh, just to, just to interrupt you real quick, John. Just out of curiosity, why real estate instead of uh, you know business? Because it sounds like you were kind of, you know, you were already in the business field in a management position. What was the the desire for real estate specifically? Yeah. So for me, um, at the time, it was just another investment source. So I didn't look at it as a business. I looked at it. Just like people invest in a 401k, a Roth IRA, in the stock market, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just looked at it as another investment, another tool that could potentially allow me um, to retire early because we all know 401ks, Roth IRAs, there's a timeline and when you can tap into it, real estate, there's no timeline and it's right out of the gate. So for me, I was really a long-term plan. I was like, hey, if I can retire at 50, you know, that's 10 years before my initial plan. And that, that's kind of the, the starting point. I was like, in 10 years less, I'm like, that, that'd be great. So I didn't look at it as a business, rather just an investment um, initially. So I'm really interested. That's, that's really amazing foresight to have those kind of plans and those kind of thoughts and strategies that early on uh, in, in your career, kind of in college and then leaving college. What was the driver behind kind of planning out that, that life of like, I want to retire by this date and, and having that kind of blueprint? Yeah, to be honest, I think part of it was just, and I don't even know if it's a great word for it, but just a little bit of uh, lack of interest to work for someone. And I don't want to say laziness, because I wasn't lazy, but just the, just the sense of, of working for someone forever. Um, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And I saw, and especially like in the construction industry, it's really not a healthy environment to be in. I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot of things that are great about it. There's, there's good profit margins there, but um, you know, alcoholism, you know, the, the relationships are very tough. Like construction is just a tough place to be in. And for me, it wasn't a great, uh, it wasn't a great place for me to be in. So really just the quickest way I could get out of that industry, um, was really just, uh, you know, my main focus at that time. And that's, uh, it's, there's almost something to be said We John, we talked about this a handful of times with a handful of guests, 
there's almost an avatar to people like us, you know, and I say people like us as if you and I are best buddies, but I know that we just met just, just a little, I while, think we are. A little while ago. <laughs> you both called <laughs> Kyle. That yeah. might get confusing. Might yeah. But, um, you know, there's, you get people who don't really, I didn't do well in school. I don't know what, how you did in school, but I did terrible. And I, mainly because I just didn't give a shit. Right. It was, it was school right. and it was just, yeah, whatever. I did Same. go to college and I did graduate college, but uh, I was there because I wanted to be. Maybe that had something to do with it. I was a terrible employee, um, just sucked at it, and I slogged along through that way longer than I ever should have. I'm, I'm jealous of you because you made the decision at a much younger age than I did to be like, screw this, I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to run out and I'm going to start you know, making some real moves, you know, at, you know, essentially doing what, what I can do and, and doing, it, doing it well, and you've done it really well. Um, so, and, and John, you're still in that W2, man. We're, we're going to get you to retire here sooner rather than later and, and just <laughs> run off into this full-time uh, real estate gig. But it is funny. I have my plan. It is funny to see, you know, after speaking with so many people, because we're on episode 100 or so now, John, and um, it seems like there really is an avatar for people, especially who start young, who just want to be, they, they know they can do it. It might take a little pushing, but they know they can do it. And good for you for that. I'm curious about your very first deal. You know, you, we, we were up to that first purchase and uh, you're still working, uh, I'm assuming the W2 project, the construction management job. Correct. What was that like? Was it, were you nervous about it? Were you uh, just super ambitious about it? What, what was, kind of walk us through that a little bit. I mean, everything, right? I mean, super ambitious, scared. Um, and, and one of the things that I, I did for my first purchase is I wanted to, and again, like when I was going through this phase, I was, I, I was really hard in like the Grant Cardone thing. So I was thinking, all right, you're an idiot if you don't buy multifamily. And then I came across, um, you know, the house hacking. That's what was, that was my first deal. I house hacked a side-by-side duplex, lived in one side, um, rented out the other, fixed up my side. And, you know, after six months, I ended up moving out, renting it out, cash flowing great. Um, but more into the intricacies of it and the emotion part is – it's tough, man. Like there's, there is never going to be a good time for you to go buy. There's not where if you think 50 grand is enough money for you to help your emotions, it doesn't matter whether you have 10, a hundred, 150. If you buy it in cash, you'll be worried about it. Is my cash on cash return good enough? There's never a perfect time to get in, but I'll tell you the longer you wait for your next, your first deal, it's going to be longer till you get in your next one. And that's why I just kept telling myself, I'm like, dude, we've got to get into this. I had a library so big of real estate books, it was embarrassing that I didn't own any. People would be like, yeah, Kyle, like, you know, I'd had buddies over and they're like, dude, I didn't know you were into real estate. Like, what do you got? And I'm like, oh, I actually don't own anything. I just read a bunch. Um, but yeah, just from the emotional side, I was just, it was kind of, it was time to get in the game. And one of the things that did help is I had a good paying job. I had about 40, about $40,000 um, off to the side that I had one for a down payment. And again, in the Midwest, you can buy a side-by-side duplex for 150000 fix it up. Um, and obviously I put, uh, with a house hack, you can put three and a half to 5% down and you're, you're really in good shape. So the air, the room for error is pretty small. It's, um, so that was helpful. It was helpful that I had a good paying job. It was helpful that I had reserves and it was helpful for me that I invested in the Midwest. Um, and, and again, very ambitious, very hungry because in my head, um, I just wanted to get the first one to really get those learning lessons to, you know, you have to ride a bike with training wheels before you can ride a bike without one. Right. And I, I w- it was just time. So that, that was really kind of the emotions and the mindset behind. And, and in terms of, so you, you mentioned a few things in terms of education. So a library of books, 
um, I guess, d- diving into the YouTube world of, of Grant Cardone and the like, what was, what was the kind of key, um, I guess, the key parts of your, your education in real estate? Was there kind of a, a mentorship anywhere or was it just the books and YouTube University? Yeah, so I actually never went with the, I never went with an actual paid mentor or coach. And to be honest, I wish I would have because A, what I would have paid for that would have removed a lot of uh, mistakes that ended up costing me way more than any mentorship or program would have. Uh, so at the time, initially, I did it. Now I am doing some coaching at this level, but I should have done it. I should have done it right out of the gate because I, I, there was very costly mistakes. Um, from, but from an information like uh, educational standpoint, um, yeah, it was just podcasts. It was YouTube um, books. And then after that, it was basically trial and error and learning from my mistakes until, you know, building up a portfolio. And then, uh, now I do some, just some coaching to kind of take it to that next level. It's kind of interesting, right? Because when I was getting into my first deal, I guess my first deal in the States in terms of getting a short-term rental, you know, you run the numbers and you're like, Oh, this is terrifying. And what if this doesn't happen and that doesn't happen, but it's not, real estate doesn't often go to zero so you might have losses or you might have drops in revenue but to hit zero is kind of a fluke so actually there isn't you know it things aren't as bad numerically as as when you kind of start to think about the worst case scenario i don't know if you you kind of felt felt like that when you were starting to run numbers for sure and and i heard uh, a good quote that uh you never lose in real estate as long as you hold it long enough right and of course, you could actually lose, like if you were completely just like a wild deal, right? But if you buy, if you if your first property, especially is like a house hack, or you buy um, just to start gaining some knowledge, and I'm not saying like you shouldn't go you go chase bigger things or anything like that, but if you can minimize risk, the first investment that you are coming right out of the gate, um, there's really not a whole lot of problems there. If you have a W two job, it offsets your taxes. If you don't have great cash flow, play the appreciation game. Just hold it long enough where one of the benefits soon outweigh what your mistakes were. And I don't think enough people look at that. They're like, geez, I was hoping to make 300 bucks in cash flow. It's like, well, you also just flipped four houses, made $200,000, and part of this rental, you're going to be able to depreciate the property. You're going to have all these uh, improvements, repairs. So, like, real estate's multifaceted. You need to look at everything rather than just one specific thing. And the mistakes on one property, you shouldn't make them on another, right? So, like, if your first one, if you can minimize the risk, you can learn from your mistakes, adjust to your next Thank you for listening to part one of this uh, amazing interview. Uh, please reach out, investoriespodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, or investoriespod on Instagram. Uh, I think also the same on, on TikTok. Reach out, connect. Uh, we're always happy to hear from you, happy to get questions, and we'd love to get you on the show if you want to come on and discuss uh, any questions you have or anything you're thinking about or any tactics or strategies. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Tuesday Techers, where we're going to dive into the kind of techniques and the strategies and that side of things. So uh, I'm looking forward to connecting with you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Investories Podcast. We all have a story. What's yours? The Investories Podcast.